Hi everyone, this is Malin Barr from the movie Honeyduke, and I'm here with the Horror Squad podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, episode number 207. This is our 2021 year-end review. I'm one of your co-hosts, Todd. We have Sam, Steve, and Joe. How are you guys doing? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This episode is going to be tough. <laughs> the list making was tough, not going to lie. Did you overthink it? Did you stress? Were you staying up in bed, sweating? I didn't stay up in bed, but it's just like, depending on if I wanted to base off of my feeling if I wanted to base it off of what I'm gonna watch what I would want to watch now what I'm mostly connected to like it just juggles all the way around like it's hard but it's not that big of a deal so I'm just going with it it was it was it was it was a hard year it was a hard year I know we're, we're gonna get deep into it but uh yeah I mean I I think there's some big surprises on the ultimate list too so uh, i'm excited to see what everyone thinks on here and uh i really cannot wait to get into it this is my episode i love doing the ultimate list i love you know putting it all together and uh yeah i'm I'm really excited to get to get into this look how happy you are today wow i'm very i am and i'm on vacation excuse you i'm on just because you add a little math okay well you know what I he doesn't add it he does his I do. I old it's school. I wrote aggregate. write everything down. <laughs> aggregate. There you go. Fair word. Aggregate. Yes. Um. Yeah. No. And I'm on vacation this week, so I'm able to have a drink we record for like the first time in probably like two years. So that's always fun. Oh, stop. <laughs> two years. What? Probably. Like probably. Well, I can't remember the last time we recorded on a week, like a day I didn't have work. So mm-hmm. it's been a while. Mm-hmm. I like your energy, Joe. That's uh, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, see, I I keep a list all year round. So the, the last, you know, I don't I don't cram it to the last day or last couple of days. The only thing is, once I'm decided what my top ten are, uh, I kind of move them around. I did two like switches from I I switched two and three, and I switched I think uh, nine and ten or something. But uh, no, I, I think keeping a list all year has really helped me for episodes like this. So piece of advice there and now that you can do letterbox correctly it'd be that much easier yeah right uh but the only thing with letterbox is that they don't have the same barometer than we do for what is a 2021 film Mm. uh because if a movie is released in a festival in 2020 they count it as a 2020 film uh because i was looking at my 2020 2021 like amount of films and they're both really high and that's because i watched a lot of festival 2020 films for my 2021 list so it gets complicated but uh so i keep my own list anyway but yeah letterbox is a huge help as well to a remember what i watched like just kind of a quick rundown a lot of my you know i watched a lot of movies this year a lot of them i'm looking at them i'm like i don't even remember what this is i have no idea what movie this was at all so i have to go look and i look at the poster and then a couple pictures like oh yeah right okay i remember this now so very helpful tool for people. I highly, highly recommend it. Absolutely. So what'd you guys get for Christmas horror-wise? Nothing. <laughs> oh, all right. uh, I got an e-transfer for Christmas. Um, so I, I just had, I mean, I'm just going to put it out here. I don't want to bum. I don't want to like kill this episode with like, you know, shitty talk or anything, but uh, 
I didn't have a Christmas really this year. Um, I was packing my car uh, with the gifts to go to my family's house. They're about two hours away from me. And I got a call from my mom said my grandfather has COVID. He's fine. Uh, but if he has COVID, then everyone else in my family, they all live next to each other, have potentially could potentially have COVID as well. So he's like, I don't think it's a good idea if you come. You know, I'm already packed. And I'm like, damn, okay. And then I found out today that basically my entire family, like every single member of my family has COVID. Uh, so unfortunately, I have to stay here. But, you know, you do what you do. I did buy myself stuff. Uh, it was Boxing Day in Canada, uh, which is like kind of our Black Friday, which is the day after Christmas. And I bought myself the Critters collection. I bought myself the Child's Play collection. Uh, Toxic Avenger, I bought a couple days ago. And uh, yeah, it's just stuff like that. I got the... Uh, a movie that Todd has been recommending, uh, An Evening with Beverly Laughlin, and just stuff like that. So I will get some horror, but uh, I had to kind of buy it myself. Oh, sorry to hear about that, buddy. But at least everyone's recovering. Yeah, um, that's rough. I, I have a question for Joe. Did you buy Sam a Switch, Nintendo Switch? I did not. Uh, okay. Maybe okay. on Valentine's Day, Todd. Maybe a couple months away. Yeah, there you go. Um, my mother bought me some horror pillows with like a bunch of classic horror, uh, I guess, posters for it. It was really cool. Um, then outside of that, I mean, I got a couple of books from the authors I follow, but I didn't really ask for a lot this year. I got a lot of non-horror stuff, like old man stuff. Like I'm, like, <laughs> I got a freaking butter churner so I can make my own butter. That's exciting. That is exciting. Uh, How old are you? <laughs> I know. It's like this you're, year. You're whittling. You're getting a butter churner <laughs> for Christmas. Goddamn. Yeah. This year, I really, like, I don't know, went, embraced my old, I'm not, I'm in 34, but, like, embraced my old age where I started whittling fucking spoons. Um, I'm going to make butter. I want to make bread. It's like, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's fun. What about you guys? Uh, I don't think Sam got anything horror-wise, right? Mm -mm. A couple of Halloween-y things, but uh, Sam got me a Reagan reaction figure. That's pretty cool. Her, like, head is backward, like, she, like her, her like the back of her body's facing forward and her head's like turned it's pretty cool um and then my brother got me a nun uh one of those oh god what are they, like the mds stylized mezco figures the ones that look like little dolls those ones um i don't know they got like big heads but little bodies like uh, i don't know it's pretty cool though i'll send you a picture um but that's pretty cool and i think that really was it horror wise and then sam got me a nice pair of wireless headphones that i was needing because my phone i got a new phone and i didn't realize that they've taken headphone jacks out of phones now so now you need wireless you know it's, it's another way for them to get you i guess but uh yeah so pretty cool you got those camp crystal slides that are pretty cool that's right i did i got a pair of camp crystal like slippers which i've never seen before so yeah those are fun too i guess more flip-flops and slippers right very nice all right, you guys ready to get into uh, the questions before we start our 2021 uh, review? Let's do it. Awesome. You can ask us those questions on social media at the Horror Squad Podcast, or of course, on our Discord. Uh, this was the year that we started our Discord. And honestly, that's probably the best thing we did on the podcast this year, in my opinion. Uh, very cool to meet all the people who joined us there and continue to talk horror with us and all sorts of other subjects. Really appreciate every single person in that group. If you'd like to be part of it, just send us a message. We will send you the link. And I promise you, it's nothing but great people in there. So highly recommend it. Uh, and speaking of our Discord, 
we got three audio questions this week, uh, which is really awesome. I like that people are embracing the audio questions. So uh, the first one is actually from uh, Weezerface. So Weezerface, what is your question? Hi, squad. It's Weezerface, longtime listener, first time audio question sender inner. So my question is, are there any horror movie moments that bother you more than the horror in the movie itself. Examples for me are like in The Exorcist when they're doing all those medical tests on Reagan and uh, they stick that weird needle thing in her neck. That's disturbing to me and it sticks with me worse than the demon stuff. Or also in uh, Carrie when she comes home from the prom all covered in pig blood and she decides to take a bath to get it off of her instead of like a shower or something. She ends up just sitting in a pool of watered down blood, which is disgusting. So are there any horror movie moments that stick with you like that? There's a movie called Dead Kids, um, where this like 17 year oldish boy trims his toenails on the dinner table, which is gross when they're eating actually breakfast table because they're eating breakfast. So that's disgusting. Um, and then in, um, oh, what's the freaking name of the movie? House on the Hill, the remake. In the beginning where like the the patients escape and they're doing live um i guess whatever cutting people open that's always gross that's the worst part of that movie for me oh man that's uh that's a great question there's nothing that's like popping in my head right now though unfortunately yeah i can't think of anything off the top of my head either well, one thing that i hate uh in texas chainsaw massacre for example uh it's not even like Leatherface at killing people and like putting him on hooks. It's uh, when, I think it's in the, I don't remember if it's in the original, but it's definitely in the remake. Uh, the, the person is like scraping their nails on the ground and their nails like start coming off and stuff. Uh, that I can't, I can't tolerate nails. <laughs> uh, nails yeah. and eyeballs are the two things I have a really hard time with uh, in horror movies, like more so than the horror itself. That's just, ugh, I could feel it. Like I could feel it in my nails <laughs> when I'm watching it. So yeah, that would definitely be my answer. Ugh just thinking about it can be like the creeps um so thank you weezer face for the question next up we got horror fan ryan but it's horror fan ryan wanted to uh get in one of these audio question clips for the year-end show i just uh first off wanted to thank you guys for all the hard work that you guys do week in week out doing this show i'm sure it's not easy every week doing a podcast but uh they always turn out great so Thank you guys for that. I guess really the only question I have for the year end is uh, what you look forward to in 2022 with this podcast. Is there any upcoming changes or any kind of interviews that you guys are looking to do or hoping to get? And uh, yeah, so that's about it. Just want to thank you guys and hope you guys all have a good 2022. And uh, all, all the listeners out there, I really enjoy interacting with you guys either on Twitter or on the Discord. So it makes this a very fun a community to be a part of. So thank you guys, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I tend to I tend I tend to agree with that. I, you know, maybe like do something a little fresh here and there, but I mean, yeah, I think everything's been going pretty well. Um, there is a potential for a very big guess. I'm not going to say anything, but we did get an email regarding it. And it would be huge. It would be the biggest guest we ever got. So I'm really hopeful we're going to get that guest. I'm I'm like not extremely like confident, but like I really do think it might happen. So we, we will see. 
Yeah, totally. Um, I know who that guest is. And yeah, it would definitely be the biggest guest we've ever had. And it's it's not a case of us reaching out and trying to like get it. It's kind of a case of them reaching out to us. So it gives the potential a little bit more, uh, more juice. But you know, until it's essentially done, uh, we don't like to say who it is because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, as far as 2022 episodes and things I'm looking forward to uh, podcast wise, um, yeah, there's a bunch of guests we want to get, you know, but it's really uh, kind of wait and see how which movies come out, how things pan out, you know, sometimes like uh, Ken Sagos, for example, it's a friend of mine who just like, hey, I spoke to Ken Sagos, and he'd be a good guest, you know, it came out of nowhere. Um, so you never know the opportunities, but we take them when we see them. People throw us the ball, we try to hit it out of the park. And that's kind of how that goes. And as far as anything outside of the pod, man, COVID is such a bitch. <laughs> you know, there's so much, so much we want to do. Um, like just meet the squad for me would be a huge 22 goal and we are planning on it but you know COVID is always rearing its ugly head everywhere and making things difficult uh, but for sure we'd like to do another type of event like we like Joe and Sam did in uh, Salem and other stuff so just you know keep on listening and we'll let you know uh, what we plan but we do want to do other stuff outside of the pod as well all right and uh, next up for audio questions are from our man Chuck Hey, Horror Squad. It is Chuck, a.k.a. Captain Amazing 85. Wanted to say congratulations on 2021. It was a great year for the podcast, and I really look forward to 2022. First off, question. What was your biggest disappointment of the podcast for 2021, other than Todd winning trivia for the third time? That's what I was going to say, me losing trivia. I was really counting on that win. You can team up, Sam, if you like. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be on Todd's team next year. Yeah, I was looking at different versions of games, but there's not a lot for podcasts because it's all, I mean, it's not like we can do something visually. It has right. to be like a guessing game or nothing essentially. So mm -hmm. maybe I'm, I'm definitely going to try to focus on doing more like, a, I really appreciate when people write them in. Um, don't get me wrong, but I'm going to try to focus on more elaborate, maybe more difficult ones like Guess What I Am or lyrics or something like that just to spice it up a little bit mm -hmm. but disappointing for me though really nothing i think we did really well this year and look forward to next mm -hmm. yeah there's i can't really think of too many like disappointments i guess just like guess we had the potential to get that like we didn't get um you know like there was like a potential of us getting kane hotter and then that got shut down like really quick by uh, his agent so um that was disappointing but uh, other than that alex like vincent yeah too, right? yeah alex vincent shut us down quick too um but he said today he did say next year and i think he, he was genuine about that um because i've talked to him uh previously and he was down for coming on and then i just never touched base with him again and then when the chucky thing came up i mean obviously he's been doing a lot of press for that so he said he was just kind of burnt out which i can understand um, so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, stay tuned. Maybe we can get one of them next year. But yeah, other than that, no, I'm pretty happy with how the whole the whole uh, show went this year. So yeah, not many disappointments. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I don't have really many disappointments other than like Joe said, some of the guests that we had lined up. We had such a huge one, like for the first episode of 2021 uh, that fell through at the last second, like we were about to record and, you know, things just happened. But um no, other than that, I'm pretty happy with the way, uh, you know, the podcast went. I mean, personally, my biggest disappointment was not being able to go to our event. Uh, I was really bummed out about that because I really wanted to go, but there are you know, 
country's rules and I couldn't get through the border. So it is what it is, but hopefully next time we do an event, I'll be there. And that's, that's more on me though than any, <laughs> anyone, anything else. Um, I'll right. be there with your pizza rolls. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right, Chuck, what's your second question? What movie do you think is going to be the biggest flop of 2022? I honestly don't know a lot of the horizon, what's coming out. I had to look it up for the other horror-related question. Mm-hmm. Was there anything? I just, big ones? Sorry, Sam. No, you're fine. I'm with Todd. I really don't. I have no idea what's coming for next year. All I know is uh, Scream. So if you guys know of Scream anything that you could tell weeks, us about. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in like two weeks. Um, I, I think to see it, Steve. That would be a bummer. If you yeah, I'm didn't. not. I'm not sure. Uh, for me, I think Halloween ends. Is you know, like after seeing Halloween Kills, I'm a little concerned of what they're going to do with Halloween ends. Especially that, I, to my knowledge, they haven't even filmed it yet, and they're still planning to release in October. That's a. They quick, are. Yeah, that's a quick turnaround, and quick turnarounds don't typically end up being a good thing. Do you, um, Do you think it's because I know originally they wanted to do back to back, but do you think they did it? to see what the reception would be for part two because i know it's very divisive down the middle and i wonder if they're like yeah i don't know either for or against either they fucked up or they want to lean into it or against or away from it i'm not sure i i have a feeling it'll be bumped to next year honestly i don't think it'll it will release 2022 but it is on the schedule right now um maybe yeah maybe they will change a little bit the course because of this last film but last film still did pretty decent so i don't know if in their eyes they see it as a success or a failure you know that's how their metrics are measured and other than that i I think the new jeepers creepers won't do well at all either i think that franchise is tainted and it there's just no reason to keep churning him out in my opinion so that's the two base flops yeah yeah and the original creeper ain't coming back either so that'll be interested to see a new actor in that um I'm going to go with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, the movie already seemed doomed. Like they like changed, I think, directors like a week into a week or two into filming. And it just seemed like a project that was doomed and it did make it, it's making its way out there. It's going to be coming out in February. So we'll see. But I, uh, I think that one's going to flop. Texas Chainsaw is coming out in February. Uh, Netflix. Yeah, on Netflix. Oh, yeah. what's the, do we know like what the premise is? Is it following after one of the other ones? It's supposed to be a direct sequel sequel to the original. Yeah. After nearly 50 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally dis- uh, disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. So mm-hmm. another old ass man <laughs> killing people. <laughs> yep. Netflix, huh? Wonder where they got that idea from. <laughs> Every movie decides that their sequels mean nothing. <laughs> I don't know what the new, why that new trend started, but you know, all right, it is what it is. Uh, all right, so Chuck's uh, third question: Is there an interview that you are going to go for the hardest for 2022? Yes, I'm going to try really hard to get the uh, the directors of Scream back on who we had on. Um, if I can remember the name, Matt Benellini, Open, and Tyler Gillette, and can't remember the third guy's name, but <laughs> yeah, Radio I'm definitely Silence. hopefully we can, yeah the 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 trio known as Radio Silence. I really hope we can get them back on for Scream. So fingers crossed for that. Yeah, that would be freaking awesome. They were so cool to talk to even back then uh, when we did Ready or Not. So yeah, uh, so check out that uh, interview from God. That's a long time ago. That's uh two years ago but 
definitely worth checking out. They were very, very cool. Yeah, we were still called three guys at heart when that uh, interview went on. Yeah. So that's how long ago it was. Right. <laughs> um, all right. And Chuck's final question. Everybody get up. It's time to jam now. We got a real thing going down. Welcome to the space, Sam. Here's your chance for that final recommendation for food. Thank you very much, squad. Loved it as always and look forward to next year. Let's get some buffalo chicken dip going. All right. Some, get yeah. some scoops, chips, you know? All right, get kind of like a little party platter going on. Get some cheeses on the side if you're down. Mm. Little uh, little mini sausages, you can get a little toothpick and pop them in. I like mm. that. And some chips dip. and salsa, yep. Ranch dip with some mm. veggies. Mm. Have you ever had the uh, buffalo chicken dip in a bread bowl? No. Ooh, no, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. buffalo anything so i don't think i would like that you can do like any kind of like maybe like a you like chili mm. yeah you can do chili in a bread bowl oh do, do you like corn dip i love corn dip <gasps> i do too it's so good bread bowl it pretty much everything needs a bread bowl i guess just bread bread's good too just by itself awesome Great suggestions. Uh, so that's it for the audio questions. Thank you. I really enjoy them. So it's really easy to send them to uh, to me in a DM and uh, I will pop it into the episode. And we love hearing from you guys, uh, you know, and all those amazing voices you guys have. They, they have like the best accents. It's, I'm very jealous. Uh, all right. The next series, the next questions are uh, ones that were written in. First one is from Daryl. It's a two-part question. I personally feel like 2021 was the weakest year uh, for horror in recent memory. Do you all agree or disagree? If you disagree, what would you say is the weakest year of the 21st century? Hmm. 21st century started in 2010, 20? Or two, wait, no, 2000. Yeah, 2000. That was the 21st century. Yeah, 21 years. Oh, the, week, <laughs> the weakest year ever? I mean, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look from the past 20 years um know it off the top of your head yeah i don't know i I can't i can't i mean it's been a weak year though i will say that i will i'll definitely say that like i'm not like i'm not 100 happy with my top 10 that's for sure it might be an interesting show to do top 20 years (laughs) never mind that takes forever (laughs) (laughs) but uh as far as since we've been doing these i would say yes the weakest year Mm mm-hmm yeah, since yeah, since we've been a podcast, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and it sucks because when we did our first episode of 2021, we were super psyched about this year because they had pushed so many of the 2020 film, like the big 2020 films, into 2021. We thought this would be like the fucking craziest year ever. And yeah, it was that just, we'd get like double. Right, exactly, and it was the it was so like disappointment after disappointment. So. Damn, yeah, it really sucked. Um, and I saw Daryl make a good point. Uh, what was great about like 2020, which I thought was a very strong year, is that because those big titles got pushed into 2021, it gave indies a shot to shine. And it just shows you that indies can really, you know, if you don't watch indies, you really should because there are some great gems out there. And uh, 2021, you'll see on my list, like I have a lot of indies on there and it's just, you know, they're great. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So next question is from Rick Frightmare Collective podcast, uh, who also did a year end show and you guys should check it out. What flick was your biggest surprise this year? Ooh. Is that on our awards or no? No, I don't think so. No, okay. Okay. Um, we should wait, add it for next year. It though. is. 
No, is Vegas it? Prize is on our, yeah, our awards. Yeah. Okay, so perfect. So we'll, we'll talk about when we do our <laughs> awards uh, ceremony later. Yeah. So but you're yeah, just going to have to wait, Rick. <laughs> yeah. but thank you for the question anyway. <laughs> um, and the final question we have for this year, actually, is from Elizabeth. What are you looking forward to next year in movies or TV series? And hope everyone had a happy holiday and everyone will have a happy new year. Um, so we have also an award for movies, but how about TV shows? Is there any horror TV shows that you guys are looking forward to in uh, 2022? You have to remind me what's coming out once again. I'm... <laughs> I know. I'm excited yeah. for Chucky for season two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. There was another big oh hellraiser if hellraiser the t i believe it the tv series of hellraiser is supposed to be coming out next year so that one i'm definitely looking forward to especially with it being on hbo no fuck that show officially give it up but we have to hear about i'm a i I think (laughs) sam will probably watch it but i i think i'm done with it well now it's just a joke like now i have to (laughs) although i didn't finish the last season i stopped at the middle point Mm mm-hmm yeah, I was giving you the eyes. I don't like, want to talk about it. You better I don't not want to talk about it. I'm ashamed. It um, makes me feel dirty, honestly. <laughs> uh, speaking of TV show disappointments, uh, Creep Show for me in 2021 was a big disappointment, and I'm not even excited to watch it again in 2022. Like, I don't even know if I will check any of them out unless I hear the really good things about it. I think I'm done with that show. Um, for me, I still, it's need, got- I still need to do Shadows. I still need to do that. I've only watched one through. Mm. Uh, I think one and two episodes. Same, yeah, same. It, it got better it later got... in the season, thankfully, because it was kind of just an okay season up to that point. Um, what I'm looking forward to the most personally is The Walking Dead. Uh, so they're finishing The Walking Dead this year with two more half seasons, and I'm really looking forward to see how they decide to wrap this series up. Um, of course, it's leading into other spinoffs and a, a series of movies and stuff like that. So I don't know if we'll get like a conclusive ending, but I'm just curious how they're going to handle the ending of that show because they're doing the classic last season mistake of introducing a whole bunch of new shit when they should be closing off uh, existing stories, which I think is a big mistake a lot of different shows do. And I'm just afraid they're going to fuck it up like they did. A bunch of other shows did the same thing. So is this ten or ten or eleven? It's eleven. Eleven. So ten's on Netflix right now, or or yeah, I think ten's okay. on Netflix. Yeah. Still waiting for Sam to tell me to start watching it. Second one. <laughs> Which one? Uh, oh. Walking Dead. Ten. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, oh, you didn't yeah. mention you didn't mention the one you've been creaming your panties over. That's going to be coming out next uh, month. New oh, season of Servant. Servant. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Like I'll be able to live again, you guys. I'll find purpose in life again. <laughs> Such a good show. It's very good. It's very good. The and I'm not sure. Uh Apple. Apple. Apple, Apple TV. TV. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh the uh, Shyamalan announced uh, the fourth season is going to be the last season like that he this is the third season come up and then he said they're going to be done after four seasons um and then I just I just looked it up and apparently there's going to be an interview with the vampire tv show coming on AMC as well this year yeah, my, my uncle's working that could on be that something show. your uncle oh really yeah he's a uh, um I forget the technical term but he builds sets Oh my god, that's amazing. Worked on like X Files and shit like that. Why are we not setting up an interview with your uncle? Uh, Because Uncle Mike thinks he could beat me at chess and he can't, so we have a problem. 
That's oh, okay. So Shout out to Uncle Mike. Grudge. Okay. A grudge, yeah. <laughs> Is he single? He's not. All right. All right. Well, He's thank also you. like 62 years old, so I don't know if you're into that. <laughs> daddy. Granddaddy. <laughs> no, it could be daddy, not granddaddy. It could be granddaddy. I, I have a friend who's 38 <laughs> who's a grandmother, so definitely be a granddaddy at 62. Um, yeah, so thank you everyone for the questions. We really appreciate each and every one of them. And uh, now, for the last time in 2021, we're going to get a little deadly with Deadly Grounds Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Yeah, let's do the, the, the worst or the most biggest disappointments. Okay. Uh, so my top five biggest disappointments of 2021, it's different than worst movies because there's plenty of worst movies out there, technically speaking, acting, things like that. Because, you know, you got movies like Swim, Grizzly, things like that. But it's kind of not fair to put those as a worst. So my biggest disappointments are number five, Resident Evil, uh, Welcome to Raccoon City. I was very excited because the director's like, this could be a straight horror movie. Like we're, we're getting rid of the campy stuff. And then he just never turned the corner of any of his scenes to make it a great movie. It's still good. Enjoyed it, but disappointing. Number four was Saw Spiral for the same reasons. I thought it was like entertaining, but overall missed the mark. Quiet Place 2, I think they should have stopped at one because Quiet Place 2 just like does the same exact movie the first one, same exact ending even. And then like nothing new happens. Number two is Candyman because I thought it was um, like technically like awesome looking, very cool kills, especially that one girl getting slammed against the window towards the middle there. But I thought it was lazy like storytelling and kind of like hitting on the hot topics of 2020 and 2021, which I didn't really like. And then Halloween Kills, number one, my biggest disappointment. Oh, I can't, I, I'm not gonna go on and on again, but this is like, it, it was terrible in my opinion. Kills were great. Everything else was just awful. So biggest disappointment, Halloween Kills. Alrighty, uh, I'll go next. All right, so my big five, uh, my five biggest disappointments of the year is at number five, I'm VHS 94. I'm a big fan of the VHS franchise, but this one just didn't do it for me. I uh, I just felt like it didn't, you know, do enough. I was more disappointed in the segments than I was entertained with them. So that's why it comes at number five. Coming at number four, Halloween Kills. Todd basically said everything I thought as well. I thought the kills were great, which is why it's not lower on my list. Um, it's just everything else wasn't very good. Uh, number three, Don't Breathe 2. Uh, I really liked Don't Breathe, and this one just took a really weird direction, That one that I did not like, one that I did not agree with, and yeah, it le left me disappointed. Uh, number two, Escape Room, Tournament of Champions. Uh, the first Escape Room was uh, probably the biggest surprise of 2019 i believe is when it came out or maybe even 2020 i can't even remember at this point but uh, yeah i really enjoyed the hell out of that movie and this movie just dropped the ball in every aspect i know me and steve saw two different movies but from what we talked told about each other it seemed like both movies were equally as disappointing uh and then number one my biggest disappointment of the year is the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, I just, you know, the whole Conjuring franchise, I loved. 
you know, one and two, and even like even most of the universe movies I thought were great. To me, this is one of the weakest of the entire universe. Like even after like thinking back on it. Um, yeah, I just think they dropped the ball big, big time on this one. So yeah, that's my number one. All righty. So for my five disappointments, my number five is Halloween kills. Although the kills were excellent. Um, I know we talked about it a lot during the episode where we reviewed it. I just felt like Lori could have been in it a lot more. I was really counting on seeing her a lot and she just was very lackluster in it. Um, number four is wrong turn. I love the beginning of this franchise. So I was really excited about this one, but it just was very boring um and then my next one is vhs 94 i love the first and the second one they're very like spooky and creepy and it was just boring i couldn't even remember a lot of it uh number two is the conjuring this is like one of my favorite franchises that i love to watch the films are so good like i love the way that they're shot i love all of the jump scares but it was just so boring and then my number one is saw spiral like I fucking love the Saw franchise. It is so like scary and gritty and like horrifying. Like you just do not want to be caught up in a Saw trap. You might as well kill yourself. But this one, it just felt like it was more like um, like a crime movie. Like it was so boring. So that's my disappointments for 2021. Well, I'm going to have to have a talk with Damien about you putting wrong turn there on your biggest disappointments. I mean, well, Damien didn't <laughs> wish me a happy birthday, so my feelings are a little hurt. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Um, all right. So my number five, uh, most disappointing films at number five, Halloween Kills. I still liked the movie, but I was definitely disappointed in it. Uh, I thought there were a lot of things that they did that weren't great. Um, and although I came out entertained, uh, I had high expectations and it didn't match them at all. So that would be my number five. Number four, uh, Fear Street 1666. I really loved Fear Street 78 and 94. And when it came to 66, it, I thought they just dropped the ball, uh, especially using the same actors to go to play their like kind of old characters in 1666 was such a mistake. The accents were on and off like for absolutely no reason. I just thought that series could have been even better had they stuck the landing and unfortunately I didn't feel that they did. Uh, number three, The Unholy. I, I fucking love Jeffrey Dean Morgan and I, I was looking forward to this one. I, I knew it wouldn't be great but uh, what could have been actually a surprise this year ended up being a disappointment because of the overuse of CGI. Uh, the CGI really fucking killed this movie. And had they just toned it down with the CGI and kept the same story, I thought it could have been an actually pretty decent film. At number two, Escape Room 2, Tournament of Champions. I didn't even like Escape Room 1 all that much, but I saw potential in the sequel. If they just, they fixed the, you know, the story, like the elements a little bit, I thought this could be a really good film. But holy fuck, what a disaster. I mean, like Joe said, we watched different versions of the movies and they both sucked. And we both put them on our high, biggest disappointment list. So that's saying something. And my number one, uh, also The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. I mean, fuck, The Conjuring 1 and 2 are two of my favorite films of that decade. And then The Conjuring 3 comes out and I, it was just wasn't good. Like, it wasn't good at all. To have Patrick Wilson and Farrah Farmiga in your movie and not do, like, a good film is 
wow, you got really got to drop the ball. And they, they did so totally on this. So easily my biggest disappointment of 2021. All right. So honorable mentions, uh, maybe they could have made a top 10 if they're a little bit stronger in certain areas, but my first one is Psycho Gorman. Um, I love the premise and I love Psycho Gorman himself, but I just didn't, I couldn't get past that. The, the female's performance there. I think that's how they intended her to be, but it was just grating on the damn nerves. So like a cool concept, but I just can't get past that. Um, but still pretty highly ranked. I got it like a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, Fear Street Part 2, which is the best out of that trilogy for me. Just missed out on the top 10. It was there for quite a while until I crammed like five 2021 movies in past week. Um, and then the other one, uh, the last one here is Forever Purge. I thought it was a strong, strong entry. I think I liked it better than you guys did. Um, I thought it was good entry into the series and a return to form, I guess you can say, from the first Purge, which was the fourth one. Yeah, it was my three. No, I agree about Forever Purge. That is a good one. It did make my stuff, but probably top 20 of the year, I would say for sure. Uh, all right. So my first honorable mention is The Queen of Black Magic. Uh, Steve turned us on to this one. Uh, really good. Really, really good. Really good. Um, what is it? Indonesian, Steve? Our movie? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is. it was a real nice surprise. Probably one of the bigger surprises of the year for me. I was not expecting really much out of it, and I ended up enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, number two, Candyman. Uh, yeah, you know, I had some issues with it, but overall, I thought it was a really solid remake. I thought there were great performances throughout. The movie looked really nice. There were some great um, kills, although I think they could have went a little more with the kills. Um, and a very memorable ending, which uh, is why it makes my honorable mentions. Uh, and then my other honorable mention, I know... You guys will probably be disappointed in me, but I left Ghostbusters Afterlife off my top 10. It makes my honorable mentions um, just because I feel like it's um, more of a family movie than it is a horror movie. Um, probably my fa- one of my favorite movies of the year, though. No doubt about it. I absolutely loved it. Um, but I just decided to keep it off of my top 10 horror. Okay, Joe. All righty. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into my honorable mentions, but I have The Stylist. I have False Positive and Sound of Violence. Um, all of these movies, I feel like they're very unique and they all are female led, which I love. Um, so if you haven't checked them out, I highly recommend it. All right. Uh, my three honorable mentions are three movies I saw in 2021 that score wise would put them on my top 10 but I didn't consider them for various reasons, which I'll explain with each movie. So my first one is The Amusement Park. So this is like a one-hour film that they uh, unveiled that George A. Romero had directed like 30, 40 years ago. Uh, It's a really good psychological uh, film. You know, it's all about kind of dementia and it's set in an amusement park and it's a really fantastic film. Uh, but I didn't include it because it was it wasn't like a full film. It, it was also an old film that they kind of just kind of dug up. So I didn't think it deserved to be like on my top ten. But score wise and how much I loved it, I think it is an amazing film, and you definitely need to watch it. Uh, my other one is a documentary, cleaning up the town, remembering the Ghostbusters. This was, if you're a Ghostbusters fan, is a must-watch documentary. It really goes so deep into the Ghostbusters uh, lore and how they made the first movie and really interesting tidbits about the first movie. I could not recommend it enough. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. It's a fantastic documentary, but I don't consider documentaries for my top 10, and that's why it was left off my list. 
And my other one, believe it or not, is my highest scoring film of 2021. Like I put it above Ghostbusters in the score and it's my only perfect 10 I've ever given a movie since being on the podcast, like for something new, but it's a documentary. So I did not include it. And that's Sam and Maddie make a zombie movie. There is no film in 2021 or ever since I've been on the podcast of like new releases that made me feel so like proud and happy to be a horror fan. It is such a tale of just these two brothers with Down syndrome who want to make their horror movie and are just going to go for it. And their other brother helps them out, who's a filmmaker. And it is a touching tale. And it made me so proud of being a horror fan. And it really shows me how strong the horror community can be when we gather together and just fucking make films. You know, often we get caught up in all the bullshit, the drama and all the like, you know, all the stuff that behind the scenes and we fight with each other. And it's such a weird thing, but just when it comes down to it, it's all about just loving horror and watching our creations and other people's creations come to life. And this movie had all that heart and more. So an absolute must watch if you're a horror fan. That's Sam and Maddie make a a zombie movie. Well said, Steve. Well said. That was a good one. I forgot about Romero's too, but yeah, I don't, can't put that one as horror, but it's, it's a great movie regardless. I was also surprised that we all had uh, Halloween on our worst five, especially Sam, because I thought that would have been on your top for sure. Hey, it's not worse. It's just disappointment. Well, disappointment. disappointment. Maybe yeah. it'll make its round on my list. Who knows? Ooh. It could be, well, it could be on list. my list, but it could double, be like okay. a disappointment, all right? My favorite movie, also my biggest disappointment, Halloween Kills. <laughs> yep. All right. Top 10? Let's do it. All right, who would like to lead with number 10? I'll do, I'll go. Uh, all right, at number 10 is Silent Night. Uh, Sam and I actually talked about this on the last podcast, I believe. Um, Yeah, I mean, it, man, it was one of my bigger surprises of 2021. I was not expecting anything out of it, and I ended up enjoying the hell out of this one. Uh, the performances are fantastic. The The whole ensemble cast does an amazing job here. Uh, the movie has a lot to say and it's, you know, however you want to perceive it, you know, one way or the other, but it's very layered and yeah, a great movie. Um, so my number 10 is also silent night and I agree with everything that Joe said. All right. Um, my number 10 is one of the last movies I watched this year and that's the night house, uh, really good psychological thriller. Uh, very good acting by the main actress who kind of carries the film and is a very deep movie with layered messaging that uh, honestly is probably one of the biggest regrets of the years that we didn't cover this one on a podcast because it's one of those like each of us could have a different interpretation of what the movie's about. So Nighthouse, very great film and uh, had to be on the list somewhere. All right, my number number 10 is Malignant by James Wan. Um, (laughs) When you think about it, it's still super goofy, like the whole police massacres thing and she's running around backwards and shit but overall James Wan makes terrific looking movies they're always very slick they're always very full of fog and fucking strange shit like that so malignant number 10 all right coming in at number nine is a quiet place part two um this movie was great like I, I really enjoyed it it did follow a lot of the same beats as the first one um, which isn't why it goes higher on my list, but that opening scene alone is why it makes uh, my top 10. Uh, that opening sequence is 
to me the best opening sequence from from any movie in 2021 and that's why it makes my list at number nine number nine i have malignant um i was definitely surprised by really enjoying this movie um and i would definitely watch it again my number nine is a movie i watched very early in the year and that's saint maud um this is like a very interesting story about a girl who uh you know thinks she's a a deity essentially and it goes through her experiences and stuff like that and it was just such a surprising film uh but i gotta be honest it probably wouldn't be in my top 10 on other than the last three seconds of the film that put it like catapults into my top 10 it was such a lasting effect like i still think about that fucking movie because the last three seconds of this movie like they really did a good job like it's definitely a slow burn and everything but i appreciate it for what it was so that's why i put it number nine all right my number nine is sun uh directed by ivan kavanaugh which you guys interviewed uh for that one episode uh the canal i think we did um yeah this one's cool man like it's got this this girl who's the uh granddaughter in the halloween kills movies and she's the mother of the son who has some mysterious ailment where he just kills and eats people. Um, it's got good gore. Um, Mill Hirsch is good in it. Um, and, you know, there's the twist that's televised from like the first 20 minutes or so. Um, but it was well acted throughout. And the kid was good, which is always a risk when you have child actors. They, they can, like Psycho Gorman, they can ruin it for you. Uh, but Sun was pretty good. So Sun over on Shutter. That was a good one, Todd. Uh, All right. Number eight is Lamb. Uh, This one is a uh, Icelandic uh, foreign film. Uh, And yeah, this one, this one stuck with me. And that's the reason it makes my number eight. It's a slow mover, but man, that ending is just like the only movie I audibly said something when something happened. Uh, You know, if you've seen it, you'll know, but I literally said, what the fuck? Like, and that, is lasting like I it still like I still t- think about it and the performance of just the lamb just like one of my favorite performances of the entire year um just uh, <laughs> I absolutely loved it um it is such a bizarre movie uh, I definitely recommend people check it out it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea but it I guarantee you it's a movie you are not going to forget I knew I was forgetting one that I should have watched now I regret <laughs> watching it oh well you didn't watch lamb Todd no, I had I have every intention to, and I just forgot. It's one of those you, things. Will you watch it like eventually? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. It was on my uh, anticipated list. Okay, so where are we at? Number eight. Okay, so my number eight is Honeydew. I watched this with Joe, and I don't know how he heard of this movie, but I really liked it. Um, it was directed by. Um, do you remember Joe? Off the top of your head, I I, I don't, but we it's we. Okay, I found it. It's okay. okay. I got it. Thanks. Um, it was yeah. directed by Devereaux Milburn and the podcast actually had the opportunity to do an interview with Malin Barr. Steve and Joe did. Um, but it, it's a movie about a couple who ends up running into this farmhouse because uh, their car breaks down and they're needing help. And just the lady that owns this house is very strange she has a very strange son and you're just really unsure of what's going to happen it's very uneasy um it also has uh Sawyer Spielberg which is Steven Spielberg's son and Lena Dunham and the ending is just like it makes me want to throw up like it just makes me sick it's so disturbing um so yeah it's a good one Alan Barr was a delight very very 
cool one. Um, my number eight, Army of the Dead. I did not expect to like this one, to be honest with you. Uh, I thought it would be just a cheesy, stupid uh, zombie film. But, I mean, Zack Snyder has done the Dawn of the Dead remake, which was awesome. So I had some hope. And it surprised me, like, big time. I really enjoyed watching it. Like, it was a fun watch. One of the most fun watches I watched uh, this year. Just uh, went along for the ride. I was, I was sure it was cheesy and had some corny jokes and stuff. And there was a lot of CGI and, you know, typical slow motion Snyder stuff. But overall... I had a lot of fun with this one, so I put it here at number eight. All right, my number eight is one that I just last minute crammed, The Night House, uh, directed by David Bruckner, who did one of my favorite movies of recent years, uh, The Ritual, which the book is crazy, crazy not good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did not guess where this one was going. Like the twist, I didn't expect, which is always nice. I thought it was going to be like a traditional ghost story, which it ended up not being. Um, there's some very like hair stand up in your arm sequences that I really dug. Um, so yeah, the night house, I'm glad I watched it. Nice. All right. Coming in at number seven for me is sensor. Uh, sensor is that's, it's another movie that's very layered. Um, and one that, that, like Steven mentioned earlier, one you can take many ways when you get to the ending. Um, and it takes you on a wild ride. Um, it's about, it has to do with video nasties, which is like also already like very interesting. Um, and it's another movie. I did not know where this movie was going and it goes in a very interesting direction at the end. Um, yeah. And it's another one that kept me thinking. Uh, so yeah, that's why it makes Melissa number seven. That's one I didn't get a chance to watch before this episode, but I still want to watch it. Um, so my number seven, it's already been mentioned by everyone, I believe, is The Night House. Um, I was surprised by this one because I just, reading about it, it just reminded me of kind of like, um, I don't want to say Lifetime, but kind of a Lifetime, like one of the better quality Lifetime movies. I figured it was going to be like that and it was going to be okay, but actually really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of layers to it, like everyone else had already mentioned before, and I really enjoyed it. My number seven is- Can I interrupt real, real quick? I'm yep. sorry, since we didn't have a chance to talk about Nighthouse, but best friend of the year award to that girl in Nighthouse, man, and and the neighbor. Yeah, no kidding. They were both looking out for her. I'm like, wow, yeah. good people. Yeah, absolutely. My number seven is Blood Red Sky. Uh, it's a movie that's half a high plane, uh, high plane, uh, an airplane heist movie, uh, and half a vampire uh, like crazy attack movie. Uh, I did not expect this one at all. I watched it kind of just based off the poster. Um, I didn't know anything about it when I did, and it really took me for a ride and a very surprising film. A very gory, very bloody. And uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. So that's Blood Red Sky. All right. My number seven is Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Um, it, was it too long? Yeah. It, was it kind of like left a lot of unanswered questions? Yeah. <laughs> like robots and stuff. I thought the best, the better movie would have been the opening montage of them trying to get out of Vegas. And then maybe this would be like a sequel or part three, maybe. But overall, I still had a good time with it. Like, you have your cool characters, you have cool zombies. Um, the Vegas setting is awesome, and I look forward to what they do next. Uh, definitely want to check out the the uh, heist movie starring the German dude in the, from this movie. Pretty good. Um, but yeah, Army of the Dead could have been better, sure, but I still had a, a good time with it. All righty. Coming in at number six for me is Come True. Uh, this one... 
Man, I, I saw this one early in the year, but it's still one I still think about and still one I always go back to when people ask me like what was like a good movie in 2021 they may not have seen. Um, man, this movie it kind of like think of like uh Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. Like it it's on it kind of has like think of something like that where man, they this girl, she has like these recurring nightmares. And so she enters like this sleep study. And man, the nightmare sequences in this movie are so good like just really great um you know i've seen some people did not like the ending and i see that's kind of where people kind of go left on this movie but honestly the whole ride is just so damn good that even if you don't like the ending i don't think you'll regret watching the movie because that's just like how good this one is um and I, you know full, i i didn't mind the ending so yeah i mean that's why it makes my number six what was that one called what Jill? was that again uh, come true. Come true. Um, so my number six, I don't know. I go back and forth with this one. Okay, I do, but I don't. So my number six is Ghostbusters. And I think maybe because I watched Ghostbusters one and two that I enjoyed afterlife a lot more but I think if I would have seen it on its own I would have been like meh um but it was really good I felt like all of the kids were great with acting um had a lot of great laughs a lot of ghosts chasing a lot of horror in there a lot of jump scares it was just really scary horror movie so that's Ghostbusters number six my number six is Candyman uh it had its issues absolutely we did a whole episode about it um but it was so well shot. There were a lot of like surprising moments, some good kills, some great visuals. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, I overall I, I did enjoy the film for what it was. And I think there are a lot of great elements that came out of it. Unfortunately, it's overshadowed by some of the bad ones, but in 2021, you know, a movie like this, uh, I think it was deserving of a top 10. So that's why I put it there. All right, my number six is Bloody Hell, directed by Alistair Gearson. Um, this one is, uh, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's so, it's different, you know? Like, you have a guy that is a hero, and then he gets sent to jail, and then he just decides to go to another country, and then he gets caught up in some more shit. Um, wild ride, well acted, and there's some fucking weird shit that you don't see coming in this one. So, Bloody Hell, uh, it's a really good time. Alrighty, coming in at number five, you may have heard it a few times already, and that is The Night House. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a great one. I, this one, I really, really liked. I, I loved where it went, and like Steve said, you could really talk about this one for a long time, uh, especially when you get to that very ending. Um, it really hits you, and it depends which way it's going to hit you. Um, but yeah, and then like Steve, uh, Todd said that twist I, I definitely didn't see coming either and uh, yeah it's a movie that definitely keeps you guessing so that's why it makes my number five. Oh, Joseph you bumped it down quite a few spots huh I did I did I feel like you should let the listeners know what you were gonna rate it it was for a while gonna be my number anything man Sam's <laughs> no, like it. no no it was <laughs> no, it, no it's I interesting did. no I did for a while have it as my number one I did, but I, the more I thought about it, I looked at my list and I was like, was this movie better than this one? I don't really, I don't think so. So it just kept bumping down. So yeah. Well, well, well. <laughs> Joe told me what his number one was and I was really shocked. I was like, really? Um, yeah. But anyway, so my number five, this one was going to be 
on lower on my list, but I kind of felt obligated that I had to have it higher on my list. Um, and that is Fear Street. I know Todd, I think it was Todd had mentioned uh, part three, and that is the le- my least favorite part of it. It's like, I just, I thought it was so boring. I like checked out of it, but part one and part two are really good. I like the stories. I like the characters and the kids and stuff like that. And it's super like Halloween-y and whatnot. Um, so yeah, Fear Street. Uh, my number five is The Medium. So this is a story about a documentary crew that go to, I think it's Thailand to film a uh, shaman and what shamanism is all about. But while they're filming her, they notice that her niece, I believe it is, starts getting possessed. And then the crew kind of starts following her niece instead. And then the movie goes batshit fucking crazy and a bunch of stuff happens. Um, This movie is just like, wow. One of the scariest I've seen this year, there's uh, found like there's there's a point where they have cameras watching the niece at home for a while to see like what her behavior is when no one's around. And it is fucking frightening, like what they show a really well done, uh, like found footage kind of camera angled shots. And it just it was freaky, man. And then the whole last like 20, 25 minutes, man, it goes like. They, they really turn it to 11 all of a sudden, and it's crazy. Uh, the only downfall of this movie, it's very long, and it takes a long, long time to get going. But once it does, it is fucking worth every minute of it. So, uh, the medium. All right, my number five is Camille Griffin's Silent Night. Um, yeah, last minute cram. Uh, Roman Griffin Davis, the young boy, he's he's fantastic little actor, man. I can't wait to see what he does growing up. Um, the ensemble is excellent. The questions it raises are, are great. And it made me cry. So the second 2021 movie that made me cry this year in in horror, this one in Ghostbusters. Um, I, at the very beginning, I'm like, ah, this is not going to be for me. But then when they explained why they were kind of acting like over the top friendly and shit, then it like, oh, fuck, that's okay. I get it now. So Silent Night is very good. Todd, I wanted to ask what you do in that situation with your family. It's tough. You know, like I know the question raised in it is, you know, along uh, with a lot of others one of the questions is is the government lying to you do you need to believe them right and it's like from a critical perspective i think especially seeing how our country or the world deals with a pandemic now you have people marching and fucking you know, don't tell me what to do and all that bullshit i think that if there was a is it a spoiler if i tell her what everyone's hiding from or what i mean if you're gonna just spoiler alert Okay. Skip ahead, but you can spoil. Yeah, spoiler for silent. If there's a toxic gas cloud that literally makes you bleed to death, I think people would have tried their hardest to debunk that, and you would have had people recording themselves dying horribly, and it would have been proven, you know what I mean? I don't think that's something you can hide, because it's not like COVID where you can confuse it with a cough. This is like literally like bleeding out of your ass and stuff. Um, but would I kill my family? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm... <laughs> I'm really close to art in this one. He's like, you don't love me if you're killing me. And like, it hits like when he says that shit, it's like, fuck. But then at the same time, you're like, dude, like you've seen what happens on the news. And if you take it at face value, that's the truth. Like you don't want your family, let alone anyone to suffer through that. So I don't know. It's a big question that I don't think I can, mm-hmm. I don't think you can, I don't think anyone can truly answer, you know, to be honest. Right. Well, while I was watching it, I was just like, what would I do in that situation? And I was with the kid. I was like, I wouldn't take it because I felt like you're going to die regardless. So I kind of want to see like, 
if the government is lying because either way it's going to end up bad but i'm sure i would think differently if i was actually in that situation yeah and the the grandma scene too they're like she's got to go mm-hmm. and she's about to and i'm like fuck it's call grandma back i need mm-hmm. to say goodbye and mm-hmm. yeah it's rough it's rough i need another coke yeah. my coke's warm daddy Dad, you promised we'd have a whole cab. <laughs> and he's like trying not Poor to yell. Dad. It, yeah, he's, he's like, this is the last moments. So let me not freak out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that as a kid though, he's such a good fucking actor. It's insane. Like he's good. Yeah. No, he is. All righty, on to number four. All right, coming in at number four for me is Titan. Uh, this one was a late minute uh, pull. And I'm glad I watched it because I really enjoyed the hell out of this. This is from the same director that did Raw, which I wasn't as big on Raw, but this to me was a big step up for her. Uh, this movie's wild. Like, it is wild. It is, I mean, it's like, it starts as like this completely like, almost like a softcore porno. Um, but then it just like gets so grounded and layered and emotional and like, yeah. And then, but then it gets into this crazy, absolutely bonkers body horror stuff. And there's just like, there's a lot of deep like layers though, for sure. In this movie, like when you, you really sit down and think about it and it's a movie that I've thought about a lot after watching it and the performances are fantastic. The lead actress is great. And then, um, the guy who plays the father uh, character is the, the chemistry between the two of them. I thought was just great. And man, it, it is, it's a wild ride and yeah, I loved it. Oh, sorry. I was throwing up in my mouth. <laughs> just joking. With okay. pleasure. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Okay. So my number four is, I know this isn't going to make sense because it was on my disappointments list, but it's Halloween kills you guys. Like, like I mentioned on the episode, I was so afraid of Michael Myers and it had been so long since I was afraid of him. Although I was disappointed by it just by like the whole Tommy Doyle stuff. And I just, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. But it, it was good. It was good. And I didn't really have any high expectations, I don't think. Um, so I enjoyed it for what it was. People die tonight, girl. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, my number four is uh, Vicious Fun. So Vicious Fun is about a guy who uh, inadvertently gets uh, stuck in a bathroom at a bar. And when he comes out of it, uh, he realizes that he's at a kind of an AA meeting for serial killers and a bunch this whole adventure ensues from there. Uh, this movie is fucking, it's funny. It's clever. Uh, there are a lot of good like references about other horror films and genres and stuff like that. Each killer kind of mimics uh, like different types of killers in horror films. And I thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, the comedy didn't all hit with me, but it hit a lot. And uh, you know, I have trouble sometimes when people are trying to be funny, but this guy just made me laugh a lot in the movie and I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought it was a really fun watch. I watched it twice and I enjoyed it just as much a second time. So uh, definitely need to put on my list at number four. My number four is also Titan. So uh, everything Joe said, man, it's fucking insane where this movie goes. It's like so demented. It's not what you think it is. Trust me. Like, a girl having a sexual relationship with a vehicle that's not what this movie is although that's a big big part it's like i'm i'm did you get through it sam all the way did you 
were you too grossed out? I got through it. You did? Mm -hmm. um, well, your response makes me think you hated it, so <laughs> I didn't hate it. I mean, I wouldn't say that it was horror, though. This like, wasn't your thing? I don't understand. Um, I don't know. I felt like the girl was getting raped by the car, honestly. Like, no, that kind was, of messed nah, up. That kind of fucked me that. up. She was riding the fucking... Nah, I'll, I'll save that. Um, <laughs> no, but it, it's insane. Like, it goes from, like... I just didn't know what was going to happen. Like, she, it's a serial killer movie. It's a father-slash-daughter-son relationship movie. It's a, um, like, be comfortable in your body movie. It's, like, everything. And it's fucking weird. And it's gross. Like, even, like, the... There's, like, obvious body horror stuff, like, you know, that's you know, clear-cut, you know, like, limbs being severed and things like that. And then there's, like, stuff that's supposed to be sexy that is, like, when she's lip licking another girl's nipples, I'm like, oh, like, stop, like, just stop, what are you doing? And she's, like, biting it really hard, and it's just, like, little subtle stuff like that. I thought the movie was fantastic, and if you want to see an insane movie, this is the one for sure. Be prepared. Yes, sir. All right, top three, ladies and gentlemen, coming top in at number three, three for already. me. Top three already! I'm scared. Top three. I'm scared. I'm going to cry. Well, I'll tell you something. be a little more scary. Gabriel, because number three is malignant for me. Um, This is the most bonkers movie of 2021. What? Comparing to Titan? It's for real. Come on, buddy. <laughs> I mean. I think that statement. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. It, maybe. It, those are top two. But, man, just, like, considering this came from James Wan, I'm saying this is the most bonkers movie of 2021 just because no one expected this out of James Wan. Like going from like, you know, jump scare horror movies to essentially just a cheesy B movie. What this movie, be like, just like no one expected this, but like I enjoyed every second of this. Like it is just so bonkers and I fucking loved it for it. Like, yeah, like I, it's a movie that I will not forget, and I could see why people would absolutely hate this movie, but I think this is like a love letter to horror movies in a lot of way, and James Wan's love letter to horror movies, who obviously he is a big horror fan, and he wanted to do something for the horror fans, and I think that's what this is, and yeah, so that's why Malignant makes my number three. Great number three choice, Joseph. All right. <sighs> Guys, I really had a tough time between one, two, and three. Like literally every second it changes, but I'm just going, I'm sticking with it. So my number three is Last Night in Soho. But it could be one, but also two, but also three, but it's three. So, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's just beautiful to the eye unlike Titan, like watch this movie after you watch Titan, because it's literally like pouring bleach into your eyeballs and going to look at puppies. That's what last night in Soho is. Um, no, but it's just really good. The acting's good. Um, I will say I ended up watching two trailers for it and I try to stick away from the trailers for this very reason. And the second one, like I already had it figured out. So it wasn't like as surprising when I watched it um but it was still good and I would watch this one multiple times um my number three same as Joe Malignant I uh yeah I didn't know what to expect with this one either and it completely surprised me you know uh, especially like you said coming from James Wan uh I remember seeing this in theaters and it just blew me away at how 
fucking nuts it was uh sure there are a lot of issues and things that you kind of like have to look past but uh I enjoyed myself throughout and really thought this was a solid film and one I'm very happy that I got to see. So Malignant at number three. My third is also Sam's third. Last Night in Soho, Edgar Wright, Sean the Dead fame. Um, I, I know nothing apart from, I think, maybe a teaser going in and then Joe's spoiler about the girl. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it's fucking... I, it, okay, I'll back up. Like Sam said, it's like a vision like it's very nice and like the the aesthetic and the music and the characters and the girls and the dudes dress up in suits everyone looks great even the dudes a lot most of them are fucking pieces of shit especially in the 60s time frame in this movie um but they all look you know pretty nice in their suits and stuff but like acting was great i really love um let me click it so i get it right here uh thomas and mckenzie who plays like the naive chick like I feel so bad for her, especially with the mean girls picking on her for no reason. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy's, she's always good in everything. She's perfect in this. Um, I thought the ending could have been a little bit better handled with like the whole twisty turny thing, especially where they reveal who one of the characters is. I thought that could have been forecast a little bit, even though it is sort of, I thought it could have been a little bit more Easter eggs in there, but overall, like, a big surprise because I thought I might not like this because I didn't like his last movie, Baby Driver, which a lot of people seem to really enjoy. But uh, Last Night in Soho, number three. All right. My number two is Sam and Todd's number three, Last Night in Soho. Uh, yeah. I mean, the further I get away from this movie, the more I like it. Um, it like Sam and Todd said, it's a beautifully beautifully shot movie. Um, great acting throughout. Um, and you know, I, I didn't love the twist the first time I saw it, but now, like, it just makes so much sense. Like, the more, like, I go away from it, I'm like, you know what? I'm cool with it now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, it's, it's a great movie, and I, I definitely recommend it for everyone to check out. That makes me happy. It's kind of, <laughs> it, like, it makes me want to call it, like, um, Broadway horror, you know? Does that make sense? Downtown. <laughs> Was that her singing? I didn't look it up. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Oh, she can sing too. Well, for the scene it was, but it sounds cool. like her actual voice. Mm-hmm. All righty, guys. So my number two is Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Don't say it. Don't say it. All right, Candyman. Um... You know, this was one of my highly anticipated films that I was really looking forward to more so than Halloween Kills. Um, I just love this movie so much. I think it comes from like me having like a connection to the original Candyman from the 90s. Um, it's just really good. Like it's shot well. The scenes are cool where he's like floating and you you can't see him in real life, but you can see him in the reflection. Like, I love that. Um, I love the character of Anthony, who's the main guy, especially the the scene at the very end with all of the cops is cool, like in the car and whatnot. Um, it's just really good. And I really love it. So that's my number two. My number two is The Queen of Black Magic, the remake. Um, so this was my number one pretty much all year. Uh, you know, when I when I first saw it early in the year, I put it number one. I'm like, okay, this year it could be good, pretty good. You know, I'm going to have something kind of indie. 
up there at some point but i didn't expect it to stay number one so long like i kept watching movie after movie after movie i'm like god damn there's nothing beating this damn film uh until very late in the year uh, i really enjoyed it you know i, I watched it twice and we, we did an episode about it so i'm not going to go too long about it but it just reminded me of my childhood and my grandparents house when there were ghosts around and the like the little boy in this one really kind of captured the way I felt about ghosts when I was a kid. And there's a lot of really scary uh, scenes in this movie that I really like. There's some crazy like body horror stuff as well. And this one just really hit with me and I watched it tw twice. So, you know, I thought maybe the second time I wouldn't like it as much, but I did totally like it as much. So yeah, I'm very happy uh, I saw this one. And that's the Queen of Black Magic. Right, my number two is Cody Callahan's Vicious Fun. Um... Yeah, like everything Steve said so far, like I really like when they give the backstories of the killers. It's like so funny. Like you got the one dude that dresses a members only jacket. He's dancing. You got like this clown guy and you got the traditional Jason Voorhees, big, you know, fucking guy. Um, Like like Steve, some of the comedy didn't land, but most of it did. That can turn you really sour to me really fast if it doesn't land for the most part. Um, But I liked it overall, like him getting sucked into a situation where he has to fend off against serial killers while pretending at first to be one, it was just good. So vicious fun, number two. Alrighty, folks. Number one. My number one movie of 2021 is Saint Maud. Uh, this movie, just like we we reviewed it early in the year, and I just never stopped thinking about it. Really, um, it is just a really interesting watch of a woman's descent into madness. Um, you just the whole movie you're just waiting for something terrible to happen and the sense of dread throughout the entire movie is is strong and you know and it's just like the whole time I was just on the edge of my seat and then when she finally does descent into madness um, you just get that unforgettable um, lasting image um, in the final scene and it's something that is just burned into my brain and just thinking about it now i can just go back and just remember like it's just like it really is burned into my brain like i can like see it in my mind right now and it, it had a lasting effect and that's why it made my number one all righty so my number one i'm alone on this boat apparently i don't even want to be on this boat but whatever already done and said it is a quiet place too only because i was really hyped seeing this movie like it was the first movie of like you can kind of go out it's still covid you're still gonna die but hey have fun at the movie theater kid go get your snacks um and just the opening scene is absolutely amazing i put this one on my number one not only because the opening scene, but it was one of the movies that I just like Googled and watched a lot of interviews and just read so much stuff about it. Just because of that one scene, I was like obsessed with it. It's so good. I could just watch it over and over. And John Cuse, it was his name, John. Krasinski? I can't remember his name. Krasinski. I was going to say Cusack. Right. John Krasinski. Like what a babe, right? Emily Blunt, she's a babe. Their kids were great in the movie. So that's my number one pick. I actually had it as my number 10 uh, until the very last movie I watched, which was Nighthouse, and it bumped it to number 11. So I did enjoy it. Uh, uh, but my number one, I think no surprise to anyone who listens to the podcast, is Ghostbusters Afterlife. I do consider it somewhat horror. Uh, there's, you know, all sorts of reasons that we 
talked about last week, but uh, man, this movie hits so well with me. I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. I have been since I was a little kid. I mean, I had the Ghostbusters toys as a kid and, you know, I had all the accessories and I used to listen to the cassette tape of the songs. I mean, I love Ghostbusters. So there was high expectations with this one. And I think, you know, for the most part, they landed. I mean, I had a few complaints, thought there could be more like variety of ghosts in it and stuff like that. Maybe it was a little long at times, but holy shit, the emotions that going through watching this movie was just incredible. And it was, you know, doing nostalgia, right? Uh, You could tell that this was someone who had, you know, skin in the game as far as the Ghostbusters uh, history and lore. And, you know, when when they brought back, uh, spoiler alert, if you guys haven't seen it, maybe forward like a minute, when they brought back Egon, I could not believe it. Like, I did not believe that they would do that. And not only bring him back, but bring him back as a full-on apparition. And to get to, we got that moment of the four Ghostbusters busting a ghost together for one last time. And it made me so emotional. And I don't get usually emotional on films. And this one managed to do it, man. This was easily my top film of the year uh, as far as horror goes. And uh, I absolutely adore it. And it's a day one 4K purchase as soon as it releases in February. So. Yeah, definitely an easy one for me. My number one, same as Steve, Ghostbusters Afterlife for the exact same reasons. Um, I can't add too much. You, you, you liked it just like for the same reasons I did and disliked the same things I did as well. Like they should have had a little bit more ghosts when the town was overrun, things like that. Um, but man, the acting was great. It was just like a very good sequel slash soft reboot um, love letter to the originals handled awesomely and it could have been weird man the way they did at the end it could it could have come off super cheesy and super awkward and it didn't so thankfully it was great and i can see why people wouldn't put it on a horror list um you know this would be on both my non-horror and horror list if we had one uh, as number one because it's just it's almost perfect so ghostbusters afterlife can't wait to come out revisit it solid movie and the and the kid who's play who played podcast is doing his first con ever so he'll be oh. making the concert right now oh. yep. <laughs> Yep. Hey, you know what fucking uh, Iron Lady from Halloween does it? He can do it too. No, definitely. He's he's, he's, he's way more <laughs> relevant than she is. Yeah. <laughs> are we doing the awards or are you doing your total list? I think we should probably do the awards first and then okay. move on to the ultimate list. You just want to go around the robin down the line here? Yeah, sure. sure. Or do you want to do them all at once? No, we'll do no, it let's go round robin. Round robin. All right, I'll go. Uh, best actor for me is Roman Griffin Davis from Silent Night. Super freaking good actor. Child mm-hmm. actors are, there's not a lot of great child actors and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. That's a great pick, Todd. Thank you. Um, so my best actor goes to Yahya Abdul-Mateen, Anthony from Candyman. That's a great choice, Sam, because I also picked oh. Yahya yeah. Abdul oh, Mateen, uh, Anthony from Candyman. <laughs> He's also no, in the Matrix even movie. Oh, is he? Nice. Yeah, he plays uh, the new one? What's that? The new one? Uh-huh. I heard people didn't like it. What did you think? I'm only 30 minutes in because it's like three hours, so I'm piecing oh, okay. it together. Yeah. And uh, I'm right there with you guys. Uh, also, yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen the second uh, from Candyman. Honestly, for male performances... I was struggling a little bit this year. I don't feel that a lot of male performers did all that well in 2021. Uh, I was kind of struggling finding someone that I really liked their performance. Now, females have a bunch, but males, step up your game in 2022. (laughs) uh, 
Yeah, dropped the ball, but he was great though. Uh, really, it was a tough role to pull off, and he did a good job of it. Yep. He was good. I just don't know what you guys have against Kits, but we won't go there. I, I, I didn't finish. <laughs> <so. laughs> he's good. He's 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 a good Morpheus too. Um, and my best actress is another child, McKenna Grace from Ghostbusters. Uh, her she was great, man. Like she's such an adorable girl, and I thought she did a great performance. Um, my alternate would have been Thomason Mc Thomason. I forget her last name now from uh, last night's. There you go. Is it Mackenzie? Yeah, it's Mackenzie. Right. Yeah. That's a great pick, Todd. I wasn't even thinking of her. Um, but my best actress goes to Thomas and Mackenzie, who played Eloise from Last Night in Soho. Mm, yep, she was great. Uh, and I'm going to go for, uh, if I can pronounce her name right, I don't know if I will, but I apologize. Uh, Mofid Clark, who played Maud in St. Maud. I thought she was fantastic in it. I'm cheating. I couldn't decide between two, so I'm gonna say both because I really, really come couldn't, on. Couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> well, I'm go I'm gonna put my second out there too. Then after, all right. <laughs> uh, my first one is Rebecca Hall from The Night House. Uh, she carried that movie throughout. She did, and yeah. The the way that she looks at people, like when she's having conversations, she's like expressing so many emotions without moving her face. It's really weird. I can't exp I can't even explain how she did it, but she you could tell how she feels just by looking at her. And she's not even doing these big facial expressions. Just it's just in her eyes, or I don't know what it is, but she's fucking fantastic. And the other one is Gracie Gillum from Superhost. Uh, the movie was okay, not the greatest, but her as the Superhost was fucking fantastic, and I absolutely loved her performance. So had to be mentioned as well. All right. I really so I really wanted to put this actress, but I I mean I just think the lady who played Maud's performance was so good. But another movie that's just okay like Steve said, was Superhost. Um, but I think this actress elevated the movie to make it a, a pretty good movie is uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown for Sound of Violence. Um, she carried that movie and was just so damn good in it. Yeah, she, was, she was excellent. Mm -hmm. um, I had trouble with Best Scare because I didn't catalog it throughout the year like it did everything else. Um, yeah. So it actually, you know... There's two two of the scariest movies that I saw, and I had to lump them like that. Would be the Queen of Black Magic. Um, there's quite a bit of scenes in there that are fucking freaky as fuck, especially the scene on the bus where we a bus full of dead bodies. Never a good sign, right? Um, so I'm gonna have to go with with that one, and then nothing particular from the Silent House. But there were, like I said in my mini review, there were a lot of moments where like the hair would stand up on my arms because there was like a whisper or something like that. It was very effective in the lighting, the sound, the setup, everything. So my own little cheating there, but those are mine. Hmm. I remember in the night house, the one that really got me was like when the speaker comes on like downstairs, that scared the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, for me, I, I also, Todd, just did scariest movie of the year because like I couldn't think of like any single scare. But for me, it's The Medium, which I actually just watched today to fill in for top 10. And that movie is scary. And I told Sam, I was like, Sam, you will pee your pants if you watch this movie. Like, especially, see, I watched it during the day and I still thought it was scary. But and Steve even told me watching at night, but I just didn't have time. Um, but I highly recommend if you're going to watch this movie, definitely watch it at night because this movie is fuck is definitely freaky. And it, it, it was it was a very good movie. It didn't make my top 10, but definitely top 20 worthy. Mine is Titan. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so it, there was a scene in Honeydew, like at the end, the main character, Sam, like if I'm remembering it right, um, 
just because it put like a bad taste in my mouth, but I'm pretty sure like his limbs got chopped off and they were all bandaged up and he was put into a bear costume and kind of like forced to have sex with another person who also had their limbs chopped off and another bear suit is very like scary. (laughs) Yeah. Um, As far as scariest movies, I agree with Joe. I think Queen of Black Magic and The Medium were probably the two scariest movies I've seen this year. But as far as single scene, the one that really stays with me for whatever reason is what I describe as the wall corpse in Caveat. Um, There's just something about that particular scene with the corpse in the wall that really fucking freaks me out. And there's a scene in particular that, anyway, the, the corpse comes back in some way later in the film and it really it's like a jump scare and it really took me like it fucking scared me and I, I i love it for that the movie's like it's one of those movies again it's like okay uh but that scare was worth that entire movie so yeah that's my award for that that's a great scene forgot about that one uh best kill goes to halloween kills and there's a ton of great kills in this movie the kills obviously were 10 out of 10 the rest not so much but um the boyfriend I thought when he, I thought that he was gonna fucking rip his head off at one point. I'm like, Jesus, Mike, calm down. But he has his head in between. He's choking him out and he's twisting it. It's fucking brutal, and I really liked it, especially because that character was a little sack of shit from the first movie, so he had it coming. So uh, Halloween kills. But overall, if we had to do best kills from movies, I think probably unanimous would be Halloween kills this time. That was also my best kill, Todd. Oh, nice. The mm-hmm. the boyfriend. Yeah, Allison's boyfriend, Cameron. Yep brutal (laughs) it's like even in like the sound effects too that they use like just the thrushing and like the bones crushing like yeah yeah i agree i mean halloween kills probably did have the best kills uh of the year but i'm gonna go a little different here and i'm gonna go with my boy psycho Goreman. uh when he looks at the kid in the street and just incinerates him like just by looking at him like it was one of the best laughs i had of the entire year so i'm gonna go with that one um, I'm also going kind of outside of the box on this one for my best kill of the year, and that's uh, Maud in Saint Maud. Uh, so my best kill of the year is her killing herself. So that's it. Still sticks with me. What like ten months after I saw it. So yeah. Biggest surprise, and like there are other movies on my list, like Silent Night and Nighthouse and things that were surprisingly under the radar. But biggest surprise for me was actually Ghostbusters Afterlife because. I wanted to like it so much and it had so much years of like, this is happening. It's not happening, happening and back and forth. And when is it and shit like that, that I'm like, this movie could easily be terrible. And for it to be my favorite movie this year, I was very surprised because it could not been. So Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, So my biggest surprise is Chucky, the TV series. Um, I've talked about it before where it's like, I don't really put, too much excitement into tv shows based off of like a horror movie or anything like that because it usually gets canceled just after one season or it's a very like uh cw show just like very teeny which can be good but um in this case i was worried and i actually really liked it i looked forward every week when there was a new episode it was really good yeah that's a great one uh my biggest surprise is the ending to the movie lamb which i kind of already touched on not going to spoil it for anyone, but like I said, I, I audibly said, what the fuck when it happened. So, yeah, and it's, it's it was definitely the biggest surprise of the year for me. <laughs> um, and biggest surprise for me was Malignant. I, uh, you know, 
you expect uh, James Wan to do a certain type of movie and then you get something totally different. And I appreciate that about James Wan. And I, I'll still go and say, I think he's one of the best tour directors maybe ever at this point. You know, he's, he's, I think he's up there. His name's got to at least be in the conversation. Uh, and it's only because he's more recent that people don't put him in the conversation. But I think that's unfair. Uh, but hopefully he'll keep turning out surprises like this and, you know, put his name, cement his name up there. So, yeah, definitely my biggest surprise. Uh, most memorable moment. Uh, Egon, Ghostbusters come back. Because you're waiting for it, you want it to happen, and when it did, it hit, and you're fucking, I'm tearing eye, and fucking tears are coming down. It is, yeah, awesome moment. And then to see them all on the screen together, and they're giving their goodbyes to him, and it's good. That's a good one, Todd. Um, so my most memorable moment is the reveal of Gabriel from *Malignant*. Wasn't expecting that. Well, Sam, that was also my most memorable moment. Uh, the jail scene. In malignant, when a you know Gabriel turns around, it was just amazing. <laughs> and mine's the same as Todd. Uh, as mm-hmm. a fan of that franchise, there was no more memorable moment in any film than that particular scene, and loved it. It was done so fucking well. Mm-hmm. And right, now we're going I wanted on to... to pick Lindsay Wallace from Halloween. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, she dies in part three. <laughs> <laughs> Evil dies tonight. Um, all right, now we're doing pod questions. Best pod episode, and you know, I'm just gonna say the same answer for both. Both best pod episode and best interview would be Joe, Joe's mom, Patty, 100%. She's she's awesome, man. Like not because she's your mom, she's fucking great. I love talking to her, and her episode is it gave me goosebumps. It made me like emotional, and it was fucking it was good. It was great. So that's my best episode and best interview. Okay. Um, so my best episode I thought was the nineties recap and then best interview was the Andre Gower interview. Thank you. Uh, all right. My, uh, best episode is also the nineties episode. I, I, I mean, these are my favorite ones just where like where we give our top tens. I just, I always want to hear what everyone's, you know, lists are and stuff like that. So I find, and the listeners list and everything. So I find those the best, um, best interview. I'm going to go off the cuff a little bit and I'm going to go with, uh, Jim Cummings and PJ McCabe. I really enjoyed doing that interview with them. I felt our chemistry was great and, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I went on a top three for my best episode. So 159, Lady in White, which is the uh, one where we interviewed Patty. Uh, 186, top of the 90s, like you guys mentioned. And also 181, The Greasy Strangler. You know, I just Mm. really enjoyed uh, talking about that movie. And it's one you guys have been pushing you to see for so long. And we also got an interview with Sky Elabar, which was fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which leads Mm -hmm. me to my best interviews. I put five of them. Uh, One, Ken Sagos. It's uh, one of the only ones I did alone. And it was awesome the guy is so fucking cool uh then sky Elabar from greasy strangler he was just so much fun and a blast to talk to then last week uh, andre gower it's just like you know we had to get andre gower at some point on the podcast and we finally did it right it took a long time but uh it was awesome then like joe said jim jim cummings and pj mccabe i wasn't even on that interview but i super loved listening to it they were just so cool and finally of course uh patty uh joe's mom just wow what a delight and I, I can't wait to have her back on because I have a lot of follow-up questions. So I think it'll be a fun interview again. You just got to figure out what to attach her to. Maybe like Stir of Echoes or something. Yeah, we could. We could. Like Ooh, I was yeah, being yeah. <laughs> We're going to do Titan and we'll have her attach the episode if she watches it. Yeah. Watch that with your mom. 
<laughs> she would totally she watch would act, that too. Yeah, she would find <laughs> it interesting, I bet. Oh yeah. boy. Definitely. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, watch it with her, but <laughs> twenty twenty two most anticipated. I got two here. One is Scream. Uh, Scream's a great series, even though, you know, they go downhill progressively, two, three, and four. I haven't seen four in a long time. So it would be nice to revisit that one. Um, and then Terrifier 2, because I think it's going to deliver what we expect it will be, which will have creepy art scenes and over-the-top gore. And sometimes that's all you need. So those are my two. Oh, I didn't even know we were getting a Terrifier 2 for 2022. Yeah. T2 2022. Ooh. Year of the T, year of twenty twenty two T two. That's Ooh. what the slogan of the movie should be. Um, <laughs> so I'm going with Scream because, like I said before, I really don't know what else is coming out, but I'm excited for it. All right, uh, I'm gonna go with Black Phone. Uh, I'm really excited for that one. Uh, that is based on a Joe Hill short story starring Ethan Hawke, same director who did uh, Sinister. Uh, that one looks really scary. Like it looks really good, and the storyline looks really good. And then I will go with Jordan Peele's Nope. Uh, really excited for that one. Uh, you got um, Daniel Kaluuya is coming back for that. So uh, yeah, I, I really think that one is going to be good. I have no idea what it's going to be about, but poster looks interesting. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Nope, definitely on my list. I mean, he's so good that. I can't wait to see what he does next. So that's going to be awesome. Then uh, Hocus Pocus 2. I know it's more of you know hmm. comedy. But it's not really horror, but it's, you know, it, it dips its toe into the horror genre by being witches yeah. and stuff. So, I mean, looking forward to that. And one that's, you know, we were told it's going to be horror-ish. And I'm curious to see if it's actually going to turn out that way. And that's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, it's directed by Sam Raimi. And when they announced it, they said this will be the closest thing to a horror film that Marvel's going to get. So I'm very curious to see if that actually pans out the way that they said it would. So those are my top three. But of course, Scream as well. And even Evil Dead Rises. You know, I'm curious as to see what they're going to do with that. I'm so behind on what's coming horror-wise that I completely forgot about Nope as well. And that's one I'm really excited for. Get that master list out, player. Hello. Oh, okay. What happened to Obscure? I thought we were doing Let's that. Let's do no. it. Oh, yeah. We can do that. <laughs> oh, my bad. Let me scroll back up. And I totally skipped the most obscure recommendation, and that would have been for me Silent Night, because I never would have even thought twice of watching it based on the cover. Mm-hmm. It looks like a Christmas movie, and I wouldn't have even read the synopsis because I'm like, all right, Christmas, don't need to watch it. And then Sam and Joe watched it and said, I need to watch it, so I watched it. Glad, Glad you enjoyed you watched the time. it. Yep. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine's gonna be slacks because I feel like if you've huh. ever worked retail, <laughs> you would enjoy it. <laughs> that was a wild one. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, one that made at least Todd's list, and that is Bloody Hell. Uh, really enjoyed that one, and it's just such a fun ride. And I'm gonna go uh, Sam and Maddie make a zombie movie. If you're going to watch one movie of everything I talked about, uh, it would be that one. And I hear like no one ever talk about it. So I think it's a shame because I think it's an absolute must watch for all horror fans. Agreed. I definitely agreed. All righty. Are we ready? 2021 ultimate list. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Ready. Do we want to guess what's going to be a number one? Each of us think what number one's going to be? I think... I think the uh, overall number one will be Candyman. I think it'll be Malignant. Hmm, what do I think? Um, 
I don't know. I'll just go with Ghostbusters, I guess. All righty. Well, let's see. Let's find out, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So the 2021 Ultimate Master list, we had 16 total lists. 58 different movies received a vote. Now, in comparison to our 2020 Master list, 78 different movies received a vote. So a big drop down this year in the amount of movies receiving votes. Uh, and then of all of the 58 movies, seven of those 58 movies received a first place vote in comparison from 2020 13 different movies received a first place vote in 2020 so i think that is a telling sign of uh the difference between 2020 and 2021 uh based just on the quality alone but all right let's get into it coming in honorable mentions so i i decided to do three honorable mentions here so first honorable mention goes to Willie's Wonderland. Willie's Wonderland was on six of the 16 ballots and peaked at one third place vote. Second honorable mention goes to the Fear Street trilogy. So what I did with this is um, obviously all the Fear Street movies got, um, you know, different ones. So I decided to combine all of the votes. Um, still didn't make the top 10, but it did make uh, an honorable mention. Uh, it was on five of the 16 ballots receiving 44 votes and peaked with one fourth place votes, vote. And the last honorable mention goes to Antlers. Antlers received 44 points as well, was on three of the 16 ballots um, and peaked with one second place vote. So, all right, those are your honorable mentions. So let's get into it. Our top 10 movies of 2021 coming in at number 10 is the night house uh the night house was on five of 16 ballots receiving 46 points and peaking with one third place vote coming in at number nine last night in soho last night in soho was on five of the 16 ballots receiving 40 uh 40 sorry receiving 52 points uh and peaked with one second place vote coming in at number eight blood red sky blood red sky was on five of the 16 ballots receiving 54 points and peaking with one fourth place vote coming in at number seven halloween kills Halloween Kills was on five of the 16 ballots, receiving a total of 68 points and peaking with one second place vote. Coming in at number six, A Quiet Place Part Two. A Quiet Place Part Two was on five of the 16 ballots, receiving 70 points and peaking with one first place vote, which I believe was Sam's. All righty. Coming in at number five, I think the first big surprise is it was not on none of our lists, but it makes oh. the number five, and that is Psycho Gorman. Uh, Psycho Gorman received 84 points, was on five of the 16 ballots, and received two first place votes. Coming in. Can't get over at- that performance. I just can't. <laughs> Same for me. Like <laughs> One performance ruined that entire movie for me. I do want to play crazy ball, though. Down with that. All Coming in at number four, Vicious Fun. Uh, Vicious Fun was on seven of the 16 ballots, receiving 90 points 
and peaked with one second place vote. All right. Top three, ladies and gentlemen. What do you guys think so far? The three we mentioned, probably. The three we each thought would be number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Coming in at number three is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters Afterlife was on six of the 16 ballots, receiving 110 points. But it did receive the most first-place votes with five first-place votes. Would have won if you would have added it to your list, Joe. Yeah. Uh, actually, actually, would not. It would not have. Uh, coming in at, num- even if I had it at number one, it, it, it would have surpassed this movie, which is our number two movie, and that is Candyman. Candyman was on 10 of the 16 ballots, receiving 112 points and peaking with one second place vote, which leads us to our number one movie of the year, and it was an absolute runaway, folks. Not even close, and that is Malignant. Malignant was on 13 of the 16 ballots, receiving 182 points, a near 70 points ahead of Candyman, and peaked with two first-place votes. So that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Your top 10. What are you guys' initial reactions? Good good job with the list, Joe. I like the uh, peaking and stuff. I personally are probably further away from this overall one, but... I can see where people. Mm-hmm. I just psycho Gorman. I'm not. That's the only one I'm like. No, <laughs> that is a surprise. That was my biggest surprise too. And I am actually surprised Malignant got number one. I really thought Ghostbusters was was gonna get it, but it it was left off a lot of the ballots. I, mean, I think, think for the same reason. Yeah, I Soho, think that, I agree with. Sorry, sorry, I, I agree with Sam when she shook her head on Soho being low too. I think I don't think yeah. enough people saw it. I don't think. Enough I don't people think saw so it. either. It, it came out yeah, late in the year. You know, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and I think Ghostbusters has a mix of a people don't consider it horror. And B, mm-hmm. it also came out late in the year and it's still only in theaters. So you couldn't even right. see a VOD up until now. And not everyone's comfortable going to theaters. So makes sense. Psycho mm-hmm. hmm. yep. Gorman, really? <laughs> <Right. guys? laughs> they received, yeah. Was, it's got some cool yeah. like aspects. But... I mean, and yeah, it's cool and fun. But... <laughs> yeah, number five, it's, it's high, definitely. But I mean, everyone that did have it on their list um, had it very high. What was four? Uh, number four was Vicious Fun, which was a very good movie. It just uh, which I don't one think is you that saw one? that one, Sam. The is that killer, the amusement like, group? Kind of. Okay, so that's like a comedy one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's totally I, 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 I have well, to check me, it out. Me and Todd obviously really liked it. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I gave it number two. Yeah. Any other stats there, Joe? Of uh, that you can throw out? Um, I mean, I can go over some movies that that came very close mm-hmm. um, yeah. to making the list um one being the conjuring the devil made me do it uh the conjuring the devil made me do it made four of the lists um and just missed out on uh an honorable mention um one that todd had mentioned was the amusement park the amusement park did receive a first place vote um and a second place vote so uh it wasn't on many lists but the two lists it was on um it received very high uh marks uh, what else we got a- here? Any movies that made number one for, on someone's list that you didn't mention yet? Yeah, Saint Maud. Saint Maud was <laughs> only on two lists. 
mate mine and uh i'm not sure who else put it on there but shout out to them they had it uh very low though number nine so uh i know That's a me. lot of people weren't considering <laughs> okay that was you then. okay so yeah. me and you were the only two that had on the list i feel like a lot i saw it wasn't making a lot list because a lot of people didn't consider it a 2021 release um because it really it came out it's listed as a 2019 release but it did not hit the united states until 2021 because of covid um, so I think it definitely is why that it gets a 2021 release. Um, me and Todd both had Titan very high and we were the only two that had it on our list. I no one else. I think too. that's another movie Todd no one has seen yet. Yeah. So that's why. Uh, and then, yeah. And then just some movies, um, you know, um, army of the dead got a good amount of love on here, making, uh, four of the lists uh and then yeah then it's just then it was just like a whole hodgepodge of like single votes you know like i said not a lot of movies like received a like um multiples this year uh, it was definitely a down year for horror i think we can we've all said that and we've all pretty much agreed with it um yeah but uh, a couple others that you know maybe deserve some credit jacob's wife jacob's wife uh actually was on, on three of the ballots but all very high all within everyone's top five that did put it on their list uh, and also another movie I'd never heard of, The Trip. The Trip um, was only on two lists, but both in people's top fives, um, which I believe were your friends, Todd, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that was uh, probably probably doesn't count if you think about it because it was a um, a con a con screening. Okay. So it probably hasn't hit wide release yet. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, um, the me. Medium received uh, a few, but all high on people's lists within their top fives. And then, yeah, then just like a whole bunch of single votes for movies. Uh, Lamb, another one that made, was I'm the only one that put it in my top uh, 10 list. Uh, someone put the Unholy very high on their list, which was on Steve's, uh, I think, was that on a disappointment Dis list for you, Steve? Yeah. I, believe? I mean, I, I didn't hate that it. That made I'm on someone's list. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Um, one that we actually interviewed the director from, um, uh, the last matinee, which me and Steve, uh, interviewed the director of that made someone's, uh, top four. So that, and w that was a very good slasher. I'd actually recommend yeah. that to Todd. I think Todd would, uh, enjoy that one quite a bit. And yeah, forever purge didn't do very well. Um, and oh, one that Sam actually really enjoyed is the stylist that ended up making someone's list. I know she was toying with putting it on her top 10. And yeah, that's really about it. Oh, Until Death. That's one I have never heard of. I think, is that the Megan Fox movie? Uh, yeah, I feel like I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, it okay, is. That, who put that on that, the list? Don't put this in the I don't, podcast. I don't know who, but it did make their second, it got their second place vote. Wow. Yeah, that's the one where she's uh, like tied to second a body. Place? For the whole, uh, second the whole place, movie. yes. Mm -hmm. Can you see what their yeah. first one was or no? I mean, I'd have to go through my. Oh, don't I can tell you, it. yeah. All right. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm curious for everyone. Do you have like little stats for your own list? Like, how, do you know how, approximately how many horror movies you've seen this year and things that stand exactly out in your list many. and stuff? <laughs> yeah. So I'd be interested to find that out too. Not I, I, as many as Steve. Not as, as many as Todd. Not as many as Joe. But more than I've seen Usually. more than I did last year. <laughs> 11 or, 11 or 12 all of them in the top 10 <laughs> i actually keep stats of a lot of things i like i like spreadsheets and stuff i know that's another old thing i do apparently um but i read 71 books this year which is a personal best 
Uh, nowhere close to Eric, who's at like a fucking 150 by this point, bastard. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and I watched 210 movies, and probably like half of those are horror. I didn't. I only did a total. Mm-hmm. Total movies watched. Nice. Uh, yeah, for my uh, based on my letterbox, this is I only do horror movies on Letterboxd, and it, I, it has me at 120, like one or 22 for the year. So that's where I'm at for horror. Not all 2021 releases, but a good chunk of them, definitely 2021 releases. Yeah, and I finished at 106 uh, 2021 horror movies this year. <laughs> um, most of it in the last two months. I watched a fuck ton the last two months. And I will, for those on the Discord, after a couple of weeks of this episode being out, release my ranking of all 126 uh, 106 of them. Ooh. Just, wow. Uh, are you <laughs> not ranking <laughs> You're just swinging that dingling around saying, look at my horror ratings. You watched and, 75? That's cute. I know. <laughs> um, I, and I will say, interesting stat, because we didn't do, so we decided not this year not to do worst of the year anymore, uh, more, dis, more disappointing. But I had my only ever, since I started the podcast, one out of 10. Uh, usually my lowest is like two or three out of 10. Uh, but this one was a pure, like, garbage and it's called sin uh, which was probably on tubi i don't remember but uh it was by far the worst movie i've ever seen since we want since we launched a podcast so avoid <laughs> yeah, Steve, no, since i feel like so wait who's who has seen the most horror films out of the three of you steve or todd or joe uh, so I, I only counted Jesus, i think i only counted uh 2021 films which is 106 okay. I probably saw okay. like that's a lot. So, what is your like? Who had the best horror films on the platforms that you watched them on, like Shutter, Tubi, Netflix, oh. like whatever you used? What uh, do you think had the best options? So, if I'm looking at just my like top few here, uh, Netflix, honestly, uh, Netflix and Shutter probably had the two best oh, ones because Netflix had. So let's see for next Netflix films we had Blood Red Sky was on Netflix, Army of the Dead was on Netflix. Um, then Shutter had Queen of Black Magic, Vicious Fun, uh, Medium. I forget if it's Netflix or Shutter. Between Shutter. those, was it Shutter? It's Shutter. Uh, yeah. Amusement Park was Shutter, so maybe Shutter as well. Uh, Tubi. The thing with Tubi is that <laughs> Tubi filled a lot of my like mid to bottom list. Um, Tubi is more one you have to look for gems you know you, you'll find them once in a while but um, mm-hmm. it's got really indie stuff you know so I appreciate those films I'm happy to watch them but it's it's rare that I'll find something on Tubi that will make my top 20 mm-hmm. I, I gotta ask like why do you think Malignant was the runaway this year do you think it was just the uniqueness of it I think the uniqueness I think a lot of people saw it because it came out a while ago um mm-hmm. Yeah, I just about it, it. It also now, if I'm going off memory, it's one of the first films to come out in theaters, wasn't it? Like this year, after theaters started reopening and movies started coming out again. So I think a lot of people went to see it. So that just, I think it, it like timing. I, I think we're what to do with it too. Yeah, and I think to, word of mouth too. Yeah, word of mouth, and then also just I don't know. Like I feel like with Spiral, it was such a letdown, and Conjuring was such a letdown. So like, it's just always it was like the same old movie where Malignant was really like something different. Mm-hmm. Now uh, yeah. a question I have for you guys: So 
was Malignant also a home release or was it theater only? I don't remember. It was HBO Max. HBO Max? Okay, see, because we yeah. don't have HBO Max. So I don't know. So I was, I was curious mm-hmm. if that had anything to do with it. Uh, I but think they so. Were, they were pretty much all HBO Max at first. Uh, I know Saw came out or Spiral came out quickly. Conjuring came out quickly. So. Yeah. yeah, I think this is. I think also this is the first year none of us had the number one movie as like the number one movie on an ultimate list too. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Do we all have it? Aren't no. Todd didn't have it. You didn't have it on your list, Abe Malignant. Uh, number ten. Number, yeah. Number ten. We all we all had yeah. it on our list at least. Yeah. The only yep. one I saw in the theater this year was Ghostbusters. Actually, everything else was streaming. I feel like that makes the difference too. Like if you watch it at home, well, not on Todd and Steve's movie setup that they have at home. Maybe so now I'll feel different. A since we have, TV. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll feel differently since we got a bigger TV now. You will definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mood and setting plays a big part. That's why when I told Joe to watch the medium, I told him watch it in the dark because it's one of those movies that is just scary so you, i think you lose a little bit if it's in the light and if you're looking at your phone you know like that's why i like about the theaters is i i'm a, I'm a notorious like looking at my phone if the movie slows down at all and sometimes i'm like i regret it because then i don't feel i saw the movie as well as i could have whereas in theaters it has my full attention um i try to be better at that but sometimes it just can't help it, you know <laughs> so mm-hmm. you should just yeah phone like upstairs when you're watching a movie yeah maybe, maybe a 2022 thing that'll be a thing where i'm gonna try to when i watch a movie to give it my full attention yeah buy one of those lock boxes and then like just set it for With how a long timer? Movie is. <laughs> a timer. yeah <laughs> sorry boss i didn't answer my phone because i've locked it in a box <laughs> <laughs> that is a, is that a wrap i think so that's a wrap i think no time for 2020 uh, i am not doing this again for 2022 i'm telling you dude I, I don't know how you didn't get burned out like i did by the end like i i have a because I, I have a stack of stuff that i want to watch that isn't 2021 you know and i just kept putting it off putting it off and then by the end i was kind of just doing it as a chore for my own personal like goal not doing it again. yeah i mean i'll watch a, a ton of 2020 I'm, I'm sure of it but i'm not gonna like do a massive push for two months i'll do a last push for like three weeks or something at the like this steve did you watch titan as well no and that that's a big problem with your list for me personally a lot of the movies you guys mentioned aren't available in canada so mm-hmm. uh titan come true uh blood vessel or was it blood vessel or something along those blood lines ve- i watched blood vessel but it was no terrible. what was the one you uh, bled something uh uh bloody bloody fun uh, bl- or- yeah bloody, so hell, bloody, bloody hell bloody, bloody hell, hell. That, that's right that's what i meant bloody hell a lot of those movies aren't available or they're super expensive rental like 25 dollars rental so i'm gonna watch a lot of those early next year i hope but i'm sad like i missed here i actually have a list of the movies that i'm sad that i missed um, <laughs> let's see here i uh, so bloody hell censor come true uh queen of spades is something that someone recommended to me um you didn't miss much with that one man. no okay yeah. uh, the the deep house lamb last night in soho antlers and the empty man are all movies that mm. and titan that's all movies that i wanted to watch but i just couldn't for whatever reason mm. mm-hmm. what what about sam and todd is there like a movie you heard tonight that you're like I, i'm gonna watch that next or like i'm most excited to watch that based on like everyone's Sensor, list and then there's one that starts with a T or has a t in it Titanic. I don't know. Oh, heck no. Titanic again. Like tap. Come tap true. Or, come true. 
come true. Uh, mm-hmm. Sensor for me, I, I almost bought it from this uh, little indie developer in um, England that does really good Blu-rays, but I'm like, do I want to blind buy a $30 thing that I don't know if I like? So Sensor is probably the biggest one. Sam, did you watch Sam and Maddie make a zombie movie? When- no, I was going to. So is it a real movie? It's a documentary. Yeah. It is a documentary, mm-hmm. like a real documentary. A real documentary, yeah. Oh, you'd well, find it it'll probably you'd make me cry. Yeah. Yeah, it would definitely make Sam cry, yeah. <laughs> I cry at everything. But it's so good. It's so <laughs> worth, you know, everything, so. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it's on Amazon Prime, too, I believe, so you can watch it on there. Okay. All right, guys, so that's going to be a wrap on 2021 uh thanks for all the lists thanks to joe thanks to steve thanks to todd thanks to myself everyone uh next week we will be doing a winter movie we're gonna have a vote for it but by the time you hear this the vote's already gonna be decided so make sure you're following us on instagram check out our discord it's always a great time over there and thank you so much for listening and happy new year happy new year happy new year happy new year